Break out the carrot sticks and natural yogurt. No artificial hormones added. It's time for the Doctor's Nutrition Show. Dr. Lewis and Janet have a long history of helping people achieve their maximum potential. While Janet is a certified natural health consultant with a unique perspective of alternative and complementary nutrition. Dr. Lewis stays current on the latest research pertaining to nutritional supplements and optimum health. Paramount to their educational journey was their trip to China while studying Chinese medical doctors. Dr. Lewis and Janet know the importance of proper nutrition in the healing process and maintenance of the human body. Get ready to gain a healthy perspective on life. This is the Doctor's Nutrition Show. Welcome everyone to this week's edition of the Doctor's Nutrition Show. I'm Janet Lewis. And I'm Dr. Lewis. And we are here to bring you another exciting show this week on uh, prescriptions. Whether you're on them or whether you're headed toward them, is it going to be your reality or your destiny? But before we do that, we would like to thank everyone for listening to our show, tell you a little bit about who we are. We have a nutritional store in Texas that we use low-cost lab work so that we are not guessing at what you need nutritionally. So if you're tired of going to the health food store and picking up something, thinking it's really going to make you feel great, and then it doesn't turn out that way, that's where we come in because we use the lab to see what's best for you. Or if you're taking prescription drugs and still feel bad or you're tired of the side effects from them, uh, we're, we'll never tell you to get off any prescription drugs, but we can sure increase the nutrient level so your body can work at a much higher capacity. Yes, we're able to do this across the United States. So if you think, oh, they're in Texas and they can't help me, well, we can because we use Quest and we can send you anywhere in the United States to get your lab drawn, pretty much. <laughs> so um, go to our website, doctorsnutrition.org. It's drsnutrition.org. Please like us on Facebook because we are trying to get uh, likes for whatever reason, you know, whatever you're supposed to be doing with that. But we'd appreciate it if you did. Uh, if you don't like needles, there's also now a new needle-free approach to your health. So we have you take an assessment, which if you just email us, uh, you can email me at Janet at info, I'm sorry, Janet at doctorsnutrition.org, and I'll be happy to uh, tell you how we do that or give us a call at 903-663-1008, and we can get you taken care of as well, even if you're scared of needles. So with that being said, uh, we want to start our show off today with a uh, patient of ours, that is um, out of the country, but we so, love him. <laughs> so sometimes we get out of the country, too. Yes, and uh, he had a question that he wanted Dr. Lewis to address, so go ahead. Yeah, Luke has, who lives in London, but he's originally from Poland. He's a really interesting guy to deal with and asked some pretty good questions. I enjoy it. Well, his question a long time ago, thank you, everybody, for your patience. We will get back to the weekly podcast. We've just had a million things going on trying to give good service to you. But Luke has asked, had I ever heard about eating beets and then having pink urine, and is that an indicator of leaky gut? Now, that's a really good question. Generally speaking, your stomach acid should be about a 2 pH, which is kind of like battery acid. And that's used to break down proteins and to extract vitamin B12. So if you have to take B12 or, t or get B12 shots, you don't have good digestion. So if you eat beets and you don't have enough stomach acid and you don't digest the proteins, 
uh, and that messes up because you get protein fragments in your intestines instead of amino acids, and that leads to leaky gut. So if you have leaky gut and you don't absorb enough B12, you might become fatigued a lot more easily than normal. I mean, you shouldn't feel good at 50, 60, 70. I'm sorry, you shouldn't feel bad at 50, 60, 70 years of age. You should have a lot of energy and you should have good memory. And that's why I said it incorrectly. I guess I'm B12 deficient. So when you have pink tones uh, in your urine after you eat a beet, you know for sure that your pH is way too low. And that's a pretty common theme that we see. And I appreciate you, Lucas, for you know emailing the question. So everybody go eat some beets and see if your tinkle is pee. So pee, if it's pink, pink, pink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so if your pH is low, is that what you said it would turn out to be? If your pH is low, it'd be pink. Well, it, it's it's not low enough, actually. And, and I'm sorry, I'm being a little dyslexic. It's been a month or two of crazy stuff. So, uh, well, how do you fix it then? If uh, hydrochloric acid or digestive enzymes, which is something we're going to talk about when we get into the drug section of this podcast. Oh, okay, okay, very good then. So if you got pink urine then your ph is actually too too high, high. Too high. Yeah. and so you need to do digestive, digestive enzymes, enzymes and or betaine hydrochloric acid you know everybody needs you know something different and that's a pretty common theme that we see on the labs okay perfect okay well we want to discuss today a little bit about prescription drugs and there are so many of them for so many things as y'all are well aware of And because there's not enough hours in the day to discuss all of them, we've taken the top three most prescribed conditions and want to talk to you a little bit about, A, why do you have this condition? B, what is the common drug they give you for that condition? And C, do you have an option? Is there a way to stop this from happening to you? Or if it is happening to you, is there a way to reverse it where you might not need the prescription? So uh, we're going to start with statin drugs because that seems to be the number one prescribed medication at being at 94.1 million prescriptions written every year for this drug. Uh, and that's probably one of our number one problems that people walk in here with that tell me they've just got diagnosed with high cholesterol and their doctor wants to put them on a statin drug. Is there any natural alternative to it? And we're definitely not anti-medical and we are not saying you should ever get off a drug without your doctor's permission and knowledge. However, I would invite you to read books like The Great Cholesterol Lie, The Great Cholesterol Myth, The Cholesterol Hoax. If you read one or two of those three books, then you can very intelligently discuss cholesterol and how it's been kind of overblown in importance. It actually has very little to do with heart disease without many, many other things being put into that equation. Well, can you tell us a little bit about why it is so popular to give that drug to someone for their cholesterol? What is going on that everybody's got high cholesterol they need this drug? Well, it goes back to too many carbs and too much high fructose corn syrup. Uh, fat or being obese is actually more of a carb problem than eating fat problem. And eating fat generally does not raise your cholesterol unless it's the bad fats like corn oil, canola, safflower, that kind of stuff. Um, what about eggs? They always say eggs are so bad for you and they raise your cholesterol. 
Well, and I've heard this, and the problem is, folks, we're trying to get you to where you can think for yourself. Have you ever noticed that if uh, somebody, whoever they are, tell a lie long enough, loud enough that it becomes truth? And, you know, I've got people that are quite a bit older than me that believe that eggs are bad and they're just eating egg white. And my answer to them is there you have everything necessary to create life itself and you're calling it bad there's not anything wrong with eggs especially if they're like my chickens that are fed nothing but non-genetically modified organic stuff and they get to free range so there's nothing wrong with eggs cholesterol has a little bit to do with diet but it has a lot more to do with gi function which kind of blends into all these other things we're going to talk about um don't believe the cholesterol lie. Go get the book Cholesterol Hoax by Dr. Sherry Rogers and read it. Read the cholesterol myth or the cholesterol lie. They're all really, really good. And if you don't want to go to that kind of trouble, there's a guy on the Internet that has a YouTube video, uh, Dr. Luttrell, and he's a world-famous cardiovascular surgeon, and he'll tell you why cholesterol is pretty much baloney. And when you, it's interesting when you have a heart attack or when we have patients that have heart attacks, they always put them on a cholesterol medicine, including my brother who had a heart attack and his cholesterol was absolutely beautiful. And then you die because Plavix is just eating a hole in your stomach. I talked to a a stomach surgeon one time. He said, oh yeah, most of them, we don't get to fix the bleed in time to save them. And it's usually from Plavix or aspirin a day and all that. And you know, you have to talk to your medical doctor about that. So some of the side effects of the cholesterol problem are are the statin drugs. And again, you need to decide that with your medical doctor. But the most common side effect is muscle aches, sometimes rhabdomyolysis, weakness, gas, upset stomach, itching, rash, abdominal pain, cramps, changes in sense of taste, flu-like symptoms, allergies, back pain, constipation, gas, tooth problems, arthritis, joint pain, runny nose, cough, sore throat, and that cough, people go, uh, 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 uh. well, that's usually from your lisinopril. I got the big one that all the guys will be interested in. They cause sexual dysfunction also. Yeah, because you know what you need, guys, to make testosterone? Cortis, uh, <laughs> cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be able to speak clearly so you can say it. Well, you need cholesterol to repair your brain, too. You're actually at more risk when your cholesterol, or at least as much risk when your cholesterol goes low. And some of the research says if it goes under 160, you need to start worrying about it. And I, I see people that say, well, I have beautiful cholesterol. It's at 120. I say, well, you don't have enough to make your hormones. No wonder you can't get an erection anymore. Uh, no wonder you're kind of addle-headed, and mine's not from lack of cholesterol. It's just because we've been kind of on the treadmill for two or three months. It also causes memory loss. I forgot that. (laughs) But it does, and that's one of the things that as you get older, you start thinking, "Uh uh-oh, I think I have symptoms of Alzheimer's. It may not be symptoms of Alzheimer's at all. It may be you're on a cholesterol-lowering medicine. Yeah, and that, that. was that even happened with an astronaut they put him on statin drugs and he had sudden amnesia so i'm gonna very briefly go over some of these things when you have a cholesterol problem oh my god it depletes you of your coenzyme q10 which is the very thing you need more of to keep your heart healthy amongst other things and it invites cancer depletes your vitamin e vitamin a precursor beta carotene and Uh, these things actually increase your rate of cancer as well as increased heart attacks. There's some real interesting studies showing that statin drugs actually help your arteries plaque much more quickly. 
And people say, yeah, but that study was done in Japan. Yeah, it's done right over here in Tyler, Texas, too, from some very, very good um, cardiologists over there. Uh, And, you know, magnesium acts like a statin, and all of us are magnesium deficient unless you're supplementing with magnesium because guess what, folks? You cannot get it out of your diet. It doesn't happen. And then there's a research article that says polycosinols work better than statin drugs. How many times have you not heard of polycosinols? And Very. what's a polycosinol? What do, what do we find that in? Uh, well, it's a supplement. It's kind of similar to vitamin E, which all vitamin E is not the same either. Uh, and, you know, there's so many studies that... Well, I poo-pooed the use of aspirin every day, and it's not that it doesn't have some uh, good side effects, but... They just did a study on that saying that it really had some great side effects again. I mean, I'm sorry, not great side effects, (laughs) great advantages to taking it. Oh, yeah. Well, look who's funding the study, and it was buffering, actually, that uh, put magnesium in their aspirin to reduce the heart attack rate. So it was the magnesium that did that. If you want to know about your heart, go to a really good cardiologist. First thing I would do, and I've had a lot of EKGs for chest pain. My heart looks like it's always perfect, but I went and got a coronary calcium score. Folks, that's a very inexpensive way to see about the possibility of plaquing in your arteries. So I know this stuff works that I'm taking, like amino flow and liposomal C, because my coronary calcium score was a 6. They said, oh, yeah, you got enough calcium in your arteries to be a toddler, so don't ever worry about it again. And also there's a test if you don't want to go to the doctor and do that. You can add to your blood work here called an NMR. R test, yeah. and that's an extensive cholesterol test. Instead of just showing your total number, you know the basic things that you're seeing in high LDLs, which is the bad cholesterol, it'll actually break down those LDLs and tell you if they're large or small particles. Because the small particles is actually a higher heart risk than the large. Right. So if you if you have this in your family, you know high cholesterol being hereditary, or you're just curious about, is it really that bad? Try doing the NMR just one time. At least you'll know your particle size, and that way you'll know what to do about it. And we have natural products for that. We don't want you to think, oh, gosh, there's no answer here, because uh, there is. You know, Dr. Lewis said magnesium was a big one. Another one is uh, we have a natural product that lowers uh, cholesterol the same way the statins do called Colist. Without the side effects. And, you know, just one... Uh, a pill of gamma tocopherol lowers your C-reactive protein by 61%, has almost tripled the improvement at one-fifth of the cost of any statin drugs without the dangerous side effects. I mean, and if your cholesterol is under 160 milligrams per deciliter, it doubles the risk of brain hemorrhage and increases the risk of cancers of the liver, lung, pancreas, leukemia, plus cirrhosis and suicide. The article, the research on that was done by Neaton, N-E-A-T-O-N. So look it up. Yeah, and I thought another interesting thing, the side effects of uh, taking a statin is actually increases your risk of Lou Gehrig's disease. Yep, there Is goes your neurodegenerative stuff because, oh my God, you don't have enough cholesterol to repair the nerves. And even lower vitamin C increases cholesterol, and very few of us get enough vitamin C. And that's why we use our liposomal, which has about a 92 to 94% absorption rate instead of 12 to 13% with conventional vitamin C. We're going to run out of time here, but uh, I hope you're having a good time. We might even 
change chapters and go somewhere else yeah the one thing i want to say before we get on to something else if you are taking a statin drug again we're not telling you to get off of that by no no means no but if you are you need to always be supplementing with something called coq10 most of you have heard of it you should be doing at least 300 milligrams of it if you're taking a statin drug just to offset notice what she said she said at least yeah just to offset what it's depleting from you so with that being said we are going to, since your blood pressure's probably already risen now from hearing this, we're going to discuss blood pressure problems and about where does that come from? There's so many places that it can come from. And why are so many people on a blood pressure lowering medication? That was another one that was very high. I mean, in the millions in prescription-wise being written for that. So what is going on with blood pressure? Why is it such an epidemic? Well, first of all, if it's high, you need to stay on your blood pressure medicine until you can get healthy enough. And when your blood pressure lowers because your body's healthier, then your doctor can help you make the decision as to how to wean off of it if that's necessary and appropriate between you and your physician. I love the side effects of all these uh, blood pressure medicines, usually the chronic cough, chronic dry cough. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that. And people come in with their throat swelling up. I say, well, you know, you need to go to the emergency room, you know, before you die. But, you know, some of the common side effects are dizziness, tiredness, headache, nausea, rash, itching, loss of taste, and, you know, diarrhea, constipation, vomiting, bronchitis, urinary tract infection, breathing, blah, 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 blah. it just keeps going on and on and on. And for the big one, if your hooter can't get up and work, it could be your side effect of your blood pressure medication. Janet's got a really bad look on her face. Boy, every one of these problems they give you medicines for lead to sexual dysfunction, it sounds like. Yeah, I've got a friend that had high blood pressure, and he won't do anything natural. Uh, if it's not in whiskey, he's not going to get it. And he said, well, I've got a choice of having sex and high blood pressure uh, or having low blood pressure and can't have sex. So he says, I choose to have high blood pressure and have lots and lots and lots of sex. And I said, well, that's good till you pop a cork and die, which we had another friend that did Did. that last year, (laughs) had had, popped a cork uh, while he was having sex because he wouldn't deal with his high blood pressure medically. Don't leave that poor woman in that kind of state. Or maybe that is a good state. I don't know to know that you killed Uh, your husband. She was smiling at the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Lois. (laughs) Did you realize that there's 97% of people taking drugs for high blood pressure have suffered significant side effects at some point during their blood pressure treatment? Yeah, it's hard sometimes to make the correlation. Well, I'm taking this and therefore that because there's a million things that can have it, you know, happen. So what causes blood pressure to go high exactly? What is it that you can do naturally to try to to try to help prevent it or lower it on your own? It's not always a simple thing, but if we want to say, why do you have high blood pressure problems? Uh, number one, magnesium deficiency, because it's not in our soil. I mean, you know, 94%, I think, of America is magnesium deficient. Number two, food allergies, and that means the lack of digestive enzymes, which, you know, I talk about to everybody that does their lab. Almost everybody needs a digestive enzyme. So if you don't digest fully and then you have the partially undigested proteins instead of amino acids in your small intestine, uh, then that creates food allergies and, and leaky gut. And then that can lead to autoimmune things, which leads back to what Luke has asked about if you eat beets, does your urine turn pink? 
Uh, so lack of magnesium, low vitamin D. And that's, you know, God help me in this overly sensitive nation. I do not mean to agitate or irritate or offend anybody, but that's why black people have higher blood pressure than white people. Because even though white people have low vitamin D because they can't convert sunlight to vitamin D like we could a few decades ago, black people convert sunlight less efficiently because of the melanin in the skin. And, and you know, then part of it's diet. So, you know, you've got to watch your diet. You've got to have digestive enzymes. You've got to add magnesium. And you've got to supplement with good vitamin D. And I've seen so many people just addressing one, two, or three of those issues, their blood pressure goes down. And people say, but I've taken it two weeks and it hadn't gone down. Hey, we're talking about several weeks to several months. Let's be patient. We're a nation that's not very patient anymore. And again, that's why I try to teach you to think for yourself, because we've been trained that way by television and fast food. But sometimes we've had people that have had underlying viruses as well, and that was the cause of their high blood pressure. Um, we have several people that come in for here for something called Olivier, which is olive leaf extract, and it'll suppress their virus that we see on the lab. And at the same time, it brings their blood pressure down. And every time they try to get off of the olive leaf extract, the blood pressure goes back up. That's very true, uh, something I hadn't even thought about, except the olive leaf has some very good medical research on blood-lowering properties, and you're talking about viruses. Well, when you have, you know, the bad digestive enzymes, it's very common for you to have a bug that creates creates heartburn, like the H. pylori, which also is indicated in many, many cases of ulcers. So it can be bacterial as well as virus. And how many of you have too much yeast or candida in your system? So all of that kind of plays into that. That's in about two out of three people's stomachs, the H. pylori. Well, it seems like everything's going back to digestion to start with here with the uh, statins and the blood pressure. And I'm sure it has to be with the next segment of the acid-burning stomach problems. Yeah, so if you have bad digestion, you have H. pylori, it, it can cause stomach cancer, which is definitely on the rise. It's eight times higher in the last two decades, but it's 43 times higher stomach cancer if you take common prescription of acid inhibitors. Now, let that sink in. That should scare the holy heck out of you if you're taking Prilosec, Nexium, or Tums or Rolades. You're increasing your risk of stomach cancer 43 times. So would you say a product like Triple Mag would be a great thing to be taking just in general so that you could uh, get the cholesterol better, you could get your blood pressure under control a little bit better, just yep. very calming and soothing? Yeah, if you're only going to take one thing, it probably should be magnesium. We like Triple Mag because it absorbs at such a slow, easy rate and generally will never give somebody diarrhea. So, But if you're constipated, we'll put you on magnesium citrate instead. And you know another thing, so that you do, if you don't know what's going on, run your lab work. We run 11 panels of lab. Like I said, we send you to your local lab that's close to you whenever you fill out the health survey online at doctorsnutrition.org. We will put in your zip code and figure out where you can go that's usually you know, five, ten miles away from you, 30 miles at the most. And we draw your lab there. And it's very convenient because Dr. Lewis talks to you for free. 
which you don't usually ever hear of, and he has a lot to say. And he will. T- <laughs> and once in a while, there's a little bit of truth in there. <laughs> and uh, and we'll tell you exactly what nutritional supplements that we recommend that you have instead of you not knowing and and wondering. Well, I wonder which one of these things is for me. I wonder which thing's wrong. You know, liver can be involved many times. Like I said, underlying virus problems, a high risk of heart attack or stroke, vitamin D levels. All these things are things that we can see on lab. So while you're hearing him talk about these different problems and you don't know which which thing is wrong do the lab or send us your lab if you have some in the last two to three months that way we have an idea of how to help you better but you know the uh, so many people now i can't tell you how many people tell us they have uh, trouble with their stomach they now have 53.4 million prescriptions per year written for acid reducing drugs for their stomach half of mark ever bought and the other half aren't taken either so and how do they know they need their acid reduced well most of the time it's actually low stomach acid rather than too high and if you lower it then your body says holy cow it's too low you get a rebound effect with more acid than there was to start with if it was too high yeah it slows down you quit you you start slowing down on the making of your own hydrochloric acid right well you know and the, one of the reasons is i want to throw this in here there's something called plasticizers or phthalates uh and they're the heaviest pollutants in the human body they're over one thousand fold to one million times higher than anything else we hadn't taken care of heavy metals in our bodies much less the plasticizers and this is found in environmental protection agency studies that include pesticides volatile organic hydrocarbons from auto exhaust, et cetera, et cetera, and heavy metals. And they do a massive amount of damage, which means lower your enzymes and can raise blood pressure and can increase your cancer, and they act like estrogen. Well, you know, the big ones are like Prilosec, Nexium, Prevacid. They're one of the most commonly prescribed drugs in the world. And I think it's very interesting to note that those drugs have been linked to an increased risk of pneumonia. And you're hearing more about new, more cases of pneumonia, too. Yeah, the old man friend, because it kills you in the hospital. So they never correlate together that maybe it's some of these drugs that they're giving you that's actually suppressing your immune system to be able to take care of itself. And these bad viruses are coming out now that, mm-hmm. that you can't kill off anymore. Right. And, you know, have you ever thought about, well, maybe you got that and, and your doctor is trying to deal with the symptom and make you comfortable, which I think is an admirable thing to do. But maybe it's the serial killer in your pantry. You can spell that with an S or a C, either one, but it's the genetically modified stuff. And until y'all start writing your congressman and getting serious, then you're going to get more and more genetically modified foods because Luke has in London, originally from Poland, says, Dr. Lewis, we don't eat the same junk you eat. We wouldn't dare eat your genetically modified cereal. If these genetically modified organisms are so good, why are they spending millions and millions and millions of dollars so they don't have to label them as, as genetically modified? If you're proud of them, put it on the label. There's something stinky, folks, and you have to be aware so you can protect yourself your children, and your grandchildren. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, we've named the drugs that you get, but what are the natural things that someone can do for the um, acid reflux and that kind of thing? Uh, the first most likely thing to work is, um, I like Alzheimer because it's a pretty broad spectrum digestive enzyme. But if on lab you've got a couple of different things going on, we will try you with some betaine hydrochloric acid. 
uh, you have to modify your diet because one of the worst things you can do is eat those grains. And, you know, that gets into uh, spiking insulin and, you know, the carbs. And that's why we're overweight and going diabetic. And you see, it all really links together, folks. But uh, you, you can eliminate the foods that trigger that, such as caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine. So I just got personal to everybody out there, I think, because I'm good with two out of three of them. Uh, you know, you can do exercise, although I'm generally pretty lazy. I'm, I'm active, but I think mild to moderate's okay. I don't think it's a, a big deal to go crazy with it. So modify your diet a little bit. Go to locally grown foods. Uh, take a really, really, really good probiotic and optimize your vitamin D levels. And, you know, get to know people like Farmer Dan who moved to North Carolina and eat food like he grows. I, I'm encouraging him to put more and more stuff on YouTube. But look up Farmer Dan on YouTube. So optimizing vitamin D levels has to do with the uh, the acid reflux issue. You know, they're linking low vitamin D levels to increase all kinds of problems. So just get your vitamin D up. Okay. Well, so there you've had the uh, the drugs some of the drugs the bad side effects which we all know because you can just watch the commercials and they're able to tell you all of those side effects which is enough to scare me to not want to get them filled but that's just me if it don't make you young rich and good looking you might ought to try something else and i think it's really interesting you say hydrochloric acid because you think well they're giving me an acid reducer why would you give me acid well, again, it's usually too low, not low enough, because these plasticizers and genetically modified organisms slow down, if not stop, your body's ability to make enzymes and huh. hormones, which includes vitamin D, who's, which is actually a hormone with low cholesterol. You can't even make good vitamin D. And I like to tell people, when, you know, when they were young, they had hydrochloric acid. That's why they were able to eat more of the bad foods and get by with it. And eat stuff that your fingers been in the dirt and hadn't been washed and you could kill those bad bacteria that go into your tummy dogs and things must have high hydrochloric acid well that's true dogs uh hydrochloric acid is really 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 high compared to ours and a buzzard's hydrochloric acid is really 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 high compared to a dog and you know what those kind of people eat we see our dogs get scooby snacks out of the kitty litter uh and buzzards you know they can eat a dead deer on the side of the road but that's because their stomach acid is so incredibly high you know which is a low ph and i'm not seeing any of those animals pop a zantac anytime uh, since they were eating something so bad so they yeah, probably probably they, have something going on we don't they kind of make me nauseous just looking at them what they eat <laughs> that's a different <laughs> subject <laughs> but again folks we really appreciate you listening to our show if you have any show ideas that you would like us to discuss then please email us, call us um, we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have because we like answering them we like knowing what you want to hear and and it helps us create a better show again please go like us on facebook write a nice comment on google about us we'd appreciate that as well and we'll see you right here next time on the doctor's nutrition show bye y'all